ransomware down but not out, where VC investment is going in 2019, and remote control vulnerabilities to industrial machinery. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. The most common forms of malware in 2018 were designed to steal computer processing power to mine cryptocurrencies, according to Checkpoint Software Technologies. Conspicuously missing, however, ransomware. But, as ISMG's executive editor, Data Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz, explains, it's not gone away and we need to remain vigilant. It might be 2019, but one thing remains unchanged since last year. Namely, the most seen strains of malware want to steal your system's CPUs to mine for cryptocurrency. Indeed, Checkpoint Software Technologies reports that in December 2018, the four most seen strains of malware globally were CoinHive, XMRig, JSE Coin, and CryptoLoot. All of them crypto miners. On its top 10 list are also banking trojans, Emotet and Remnant, as well as a data stealer called Nivdort. What's lacking from the top 10 list? Ransomware, despite it leading the charts in 2016 and 2017. But while ransomware may be down, it's not out and remains a formidable threat, as a number of recent attacks demonstrate. The Texas city of Del Rio, for one, last week warned that it had suffered a ransomware attack that left City Hall's servers crypto-locked. In response, the city shut down all systems and began handling tasks manually with paper, pen, and typewriters. Del Rio is just the latest of many municipalities to have been hit by ransomware. Security experts say some more advanced gangs will target their attacks and try to get the biggest possible payday. Last November, a federal grand jury indicted two Iranians for allegedly launching SamSam ransomware attacks against more than 200 entities, including the city of Atlanta and Colorado's Department of Transportation. Over a three-year period, the pair allegedly collected $6 million in ransoms, which works out to an annual salary for each of them of $1 million. SamSam attacks might be lucrative, but they're also relatively rare. The same cannot be said, however, for three strains of crypto-locking ransomware which dominated last year, DataKeeper, Satan, and GandCrab. GandCrab was particularly aggressive and has continued to be distributed most recently via malvertising campaigns that used the Fallout exploit kit to distribute new malware called VDAR, which is designed to steal any cryptocurrency wallets stored on a PC, as well as other sensitive data. VDAR also includes the ability to download additional malware, which recently has been GANCRAB. GANCRAB is a ransomware-as-a-service offering, which means developers create the code and then get affiliates to sign up to distribute it. Every affiliate gets a customized version that has a unique ID, which they then use to infect people's systems. Every time a ransomware victim pays, the GANCRAB crew takes a cut and then passes the rest of the profits onto the relevant affiliate. Just like SamSam, however, other operators also remain at work. A crew wielding an obscure type of ransomware called Cryptomix, for example, has been claiming that it's only crypto-locking people's systems on behalf of children with illnesses. Anyone whose system gets locked by Cryptomix will see a ransom demand saying all payments will be paid to a charity that assists children who are receiving cancer treatments and which shares photographs of children who are receiving the treatments. 
That seems like a psychological ploy to soften the blow of paying. Coveware, a ransomware response firm, says the children featured in the ransom notes are real. But once again, proving there's no honor among thieves, Coveware says the images have been stolen from legitimate crowdfunding sites and the charity referenced by attackers is entirely fictitious. That's a reminder that the best defense against any type of malware, but especially ransomware, is to always run antivirus software and keep signatures up to date. Also, maintain up-to-date offline backups, because oftentimes the safest way to deal with a ransomware infection is to wipe a system and start over. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Venture capitalists invested $5.3 billion in cybersecurity companies in 2018, about 20% more than in 2017, and twice as much as 2016, according to research from Strategic Cyber Ventures. I spoke with Chris Ahern, a partner at Strategic Cyber Ventures, and the author of the research about what he sees as the hot investment areas for 2019. Yeah, so I think a hot area that, that we've been looking at, and I think that sort of this term is in, in jeopardy of, of already being sort of overused, but uh, automation. I think it's a really interesting area. I mean, we've all seen the statistics on, you know, the gap in cybersecurity expertise. And, and we think that that gap, part of that gap will be filled by automation um, and different technologies that either offload some of the workload from human to, to software and that allow humans to focus on, you know, things that they're really good at. So we invested in a company called uh, Polarity. Um, which, you know, uses computer vision to allow teams to more accurately collaborate with each other, but also allows people to recall information over time. And so it offloads some of the things that humans can do, but maybe are, you know, not as good at as machines and allows people to then focus on more of the contextual analysis that humans are really good at. So, you know, we, we, we're excited about, you know, automation. We're excited about what Polarity is doing. Um, and I think that that will be a key area for investment in 2019. We're looking at things in sort of like the disinformation or information operations space. Um, that's been a key area that we've looked at of late. You know, next generation cybersecurity uh, training ranges is another area that we've looked at kind of beyond the typical basic uh, training ranges that we've seen to more mass scale ranges, you know, even replicating entire cities or, you know, entire networks like that so that people can, uh, you know, train on those and um, kind of more of a, you know, a larger training environment. Um, yeah, so there's a number of areas that are really exciting for us. Um, yeah, we're, we're still excited about, you know, the cybersecurity market in 2019, and, and we're looking to make some new investments in it. Radio frequency remote controls used in the construction, mining, and shipping industries are dangerously vulnerable to hackers making the devices prime targets for attacks that could shut down operations and possibly hurt workers, Trend Micro says in a new report. For more details on this disturbing revelation, here's ISMG's Managing Editor, Security and Technology, Jeremy Cook. Your garage door opener is actually more secure than a radio frequency industrial remote control. That's the conclusion of researchers at Trend Micro, who did a deep dive into RF controllers. The controllers are widely used in industries such as construction, mining, and shipping. 
but RF controllers often use proprietary communication protocols that haven't kept pace with security threats. Trend estimates an attacker could spend less than $2,000 to build a battery-powered coin-sized unit that could take over an industrial device. The effects of an attack could be unavailable equipment, financial losses, and at worst, human injuries. Of the seven vendors whose equipment was studied, some have already deployed patches or plan to upgrade security defenses. Trend's findings were surprising. During on-site tests, the researchers say they were able to quickly use software vulnerabilities to move full-size cranes deployed in production at construction sites, factories, and transportation businesses. The reason garage remotes are more secure is that they employ rolling code. That prevents the replaying of identical packets at a different time. Without rolling code, an attacker could record commands that, for example, stop a piece of equipment and play the command at another time. Trend says that one of the bigger picture problems of insecure RF controllers is the same as that of Internet of Things devices. They're deployed for a long time due to high replacement costs and are often forgotten about unless something breaks. Patching is often possible, but that remedial action has been held up by an unwillingness to absorb downtime costs and disrupt business. Also, Trend says the potential for digital attacks in some of these industries simply hasn't really been considered. The recommendation is for RF vendors to move away from proprietary protocols and embrace open standards such as Bluetooth Low Energy. Some vendors have already started making devices that use the 2.4 GHz bands, usually to reduce interference and limit ranges. Other suggestions from Trend include ensuring firmware updates are secure through over-the-air updates that accommodate distributed key exchange schemes. That ensures only digitally signed firmware is installed. Also, Trend says vendors should implement tamper control mechanisms that would hamper reverse engineering. All of these suggestions will help improve the state of RF controllers, but it will be years before secure devices are commonplace. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.